Welcome along to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. You are listening to Rosie. And of course, the Saturday Splash is where we dive into nature. We are diving into leaf piles and ponds and all sorts of things. But this week, we're going to be a bit more generalist. We're going to be just thinking about random animal amazingness um, in and around our boroughs here in southwest London and beyond. And I do want to say a really big hello to people that are listening, of course, here in Wandsworth, Merton, Richmond, Richmond and Lambeth. But the Saturday Splash is growing. We've gone overseas. We've got listeners in the US. We've got listeners in Mexico. People are listening back on the podcast, which is so, so exciting. So big hello to you wherever you are listening along. And I hope you enjoy getting involved with the show today because there's lots of chance for you to play along too. But first of all, we've always got amazing guests on the Saturday Splash. So I'd like to say a big hello to my guest. Hello. Hello. Ah, you sound awake this morning, bright and early on a Saturday. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. And what's your name? Mike. Mike, yeah. Those of you who have been listening along to the Saturday Splash for a while remember Mike from... What did we do last time you were here, Mike? That's a good question. Spooky stories. Oh, that's the one, yes. You got a good... How could I forget? That was one of my very, very good shows. Um, Your spooky voice. The spooky voice. It wasn't actually quite that. I just got a bit carried away for a second. (laughs) (laughs) And before that, you were here talking to us about your wild adventures around South West London because you spend a lot of time working outdoors and you've worked in nature for a while. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think... The, the first time I was here was talking about doing forest school around in the local commons and stuff. But, yeah, I've always done a little bit of outdoor stuff. Used to be an outdoor instructor and been around ooh, many places around the world doing different types of research and just exploring and uh, meeting all sorts of different weird and wonderful wildlife. Because you've been to jungles and oceans. Jungles and, and oceans and savannas and... Can you, can you tell us, like, a really cool story, like a wildlife story that you've encountered out there in the big wild world? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I've got so many to pick from, but uh, a good one was uh, I spent some time over in Ecuador. Okay. Um, so I was doing... I'd gone over there originally for a university uh, field trip to, to be trained on some research, and then I stayed to help out with a, a research project, and we were going into different forest fragments, uh, and we were checking for the, uh, the levels of biodiversity in these chunks of forest. So what that means is like how many different types of animals and plants you would find um, and whether this was affected by the size. And we saw so many different types of plants and animals there. Uh, and we were in one forest, and it was a big cloud forest at the end of this road is where all these fragments originated from uh, and we were walking around we just arrived and we spotted a sloth in a tree Aww. and I had never seen a sloth in real life I've seen plenty of videos and it uh, it was a female sloth way high up in this tree really high the tree was wobbly and I thought I'm not sure who should be up there but sloth was fine like whatever and we were just amazed watching this sloth and then a second one appeared in a tree next to it. And I was like, oh my God, I've seen two sloths at once. And it was a male sloth. Ah. And basically, the male sloth 
was interested in the female sloth. And so he decided he wanted to come and join her in her tree. However, he was very high up in his tree and she was very high up in her tree. So in order to get there, he had to climb all the way down his tree, <laughs> across a branch into her tree and then all the way up there. So off he went and obviously sloths, they're not very fast, are they? Of course, yeah. yeah. They're known for being quite slow, quite sleepy. you ever seen the video, they slowly stretch out their arms with those long claws at the end and then they get hold of something and then they slowly reach out the yeah. next one. And this is what this hairy sloth, he was really hairy, covered in hair, he was doing, he was slowly climbing down. The problem was it took him so long to do this that <laughs> as he was moving, the female sloth kind of clocked what was happening and went, I don't like the look of you. So she decided, no, I'm off. And she started crawling down her tree, reaching out with those <laughs> arms. So by the time the male sloth got up to the top of the tree oh, that the female was in, she'd gone. she was in the next tree. Oh. But it was almost like he hadn't realised what happened and he got to the top of the tree and was looking around Where's going... she gone? Oh, you're over there? Oh. And I think by that time he tied himself out and he'd had enough. So oh. he just had to sit down in the tree. A sloth chase. Yeah. The slowest Forlorn love. It was uh, <laughs> not meant to be, unfortunately. Oh, that is a cool story. So I can imagine you've got all sorts of random animal facts and interesting things up your sleeve. Oh, definitely. Um, I think we what we're going to be doing today is we've got quite an exciting show. Those that have been listening to the Saturday Splash and Riverside Radio might know that we've got a radio club here full of amazing young people who are learning radio skills. And we're actually going to be joined by some of those lovely young people here live on radio. And they are going to be putting you and I through our animal paces. We're going to be playing a game, if you're up for that, Mike. Definitely, I'm ready. Um, where we have to, you and I are going to have to really rack our brains to come up with some animal facts. Yeah, I'll have to uh, get the good ones ready, I think. Get the good ones ready. Just to give us a bit of a taste, have you got any like really random and cool animal facts up your sleeves already? Yeah, so thinking about the time I spent in Ecuador when yeah. uh, I was doing the university field trip we had to uh, pick our own little bit of research and um, I decided to do some research on leaf cutter ants have you heard of those yep they're the ones with the really big like jaws aren't they yeah so some of them that's right they, you get within the same colony you get ants of different sizes so some will have really big jaws and some will be a bit smaller but they're all very strong uh, they can carry up to something crazy like 200 times their own body weight or something like that I think I read a fact it's something like a person a human carrying couple of hundred kilograms in your teeth oh wow which your teeth would probably fall out and be very painful so oh please goodness. don't try that don't try that home <laughs> ants are very good at this um but what's really amazing about these ants and when we say leafcut ants i think there's actually about 200 species that engage in this little fact that i'm going to tell you so um humans we create all sorts of food right and one of the ways that we do that is farming uh we farm for vegetables and all sorts of things well, leafcutter ants, did you know they're farmers as well? I'm guessing they're not farming pigs and no. sheep and chickens. No, 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 no. They're vegetarians. <laughs> so uh, they're taking these leaves, and while the adults, uh, I think they do feed on a bit of sap from the leaves, um, they're not taking them back to feed on the leaves. They're taking them back because they are farming a fungus within their colony, and they look after it, they remove any, like, dead material like rubbish collectors and they make sure it's all healthy and nice and then they take parts of that fungus that they grow and they feed it to their larvae ah. and that's why they look after it and we call it uh, a mutualistic relationship because the fungus needs the ants to grow and then the ant larvae needs the fungus to grow as well 
Well, that is a good random animal fact to start us off. We're going to be hearing plenty more of them, but I reckon we should go and see where our amazing Radio Club guests are, yeah. get them in the studio, because they're going to be judging the rounds. Um, and we will listen to some Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Welcome back to the Saturday Splash. You are listening to Rosie and... Mike. Here on Riverside Radio, where we're doing a little bit more of a random animal deep dive today for our splash adventure. We've been hearing from Mike his amazing stories out there in the wild of being in jungles and leafcutter ants, which is pretty cool. I think you're going to be a good contestant for our game today, Mike. Well, I hope so. We'll see. We don't know. My uh, my facts might not stand up to the, uh, <laughs> the judging we've got later on, but we'll find out. Um, but Rosie... I, I've done a lot of talking so far and I've <laughs> talked about my facts and my stories, but I know that you've been to lots of weird and wonderful places and I'm sure you've got plenty of facts and stories up your sleeves as well. So have you got any weird and wonderful animal facts that you could share? Okay, here's one that I really, really like. So, zebras, what colour are they? Black and white? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember learning when I was at school that zebras are black and white to help them to camouflage. And I remember like seeing in the books and even on TV maybe that that black and white pattern might confuse predators. Like if there was a lion there and saw loads of zebras running around, yeah. it might confuse them. However, that's not necessarily the case. Oh. So... The idea of the stripes, what scientists now think, is not necessarily that it's confusing predators, is that maybe it's confusing, like, flies oh. and little buzzy insects that might land on the zebra and bite them or And just get upset really them. annoying. Yeah, just generally be really annoying. Apparently, what scientists are looking into at the moment is the fact that the black and white pattern actually kind of confuses and dazzles these flies that would land on the zebra. So they either aren't able to land or actually they just crash into the zebra <laughs> and fall off completely. And therefore, the zebra is being less pestered than non-stripey animals. And I even saw that some scientists might even be suggesting that for people who own horses, get them like a stripey jumper, <laughs> put it on, and that might help stop flies. So I think they're still researching it. It's still not 100%, you know, completely understood. Yeah. But... I thought that was quite an interesting one I learned about recently. You heard it here first, her, first, folks. If you have a horse, get it a snazzy, stripy Christmas jumper. It will appreciate it. Absolutely. Although, to be fair, I don't know how many flies are around in the middle of winter. It's probably a bit too cold. But I guess it depends where you are. Yeah, come the summer, they'll love it. <laughs> and I couldn't help but reflect when you were you were talking about your sloth chase. Mm. That high speed, high octane. Yeah, the too fast, too furious, too sloths. <laughs> nice. um, my, one of the animal experiences I had once in Australia. So Australia oh, yeah. is known for really weird animals, right? Can Definitely. you think of any like weird animals that live in Australia? Oh, yeah, all sorts of things. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything's weird. Like even the spiders, you're like, oh, I'm not yeah. sure. Um, I know they've got things like echidnas I had to learn about once, which I think they only have there oh, around that yeah. part of the world, don't they? They also, don't they have... Um, Duckbill platypus? Yeah, absolutely. So the echidnas and the duckbill platypus are the only mammals that lay eggs and produce milk, so they can, in fact, make their own custard. No, 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 <laughs> that's not my fact. Um, platypus are really, really, like, they're out there in the wild in Australia, but they're really, really rare. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to see some when I was out there, but they're really off the beaten track. I wanted to see them in the wild, not just in a zoo. 
And I found this place, like a little secret tip someone told me, is to go to this place, park up, and on the side of the road there is a sign, I can't remember what it says, it's pointing you in direction, but if you go to like the left of the path, of that sign, there's a little path and you follow it down, and I remember walking through, like it was really quiet, it was rainy, and this, it said to like, follow a stream along. Mm-hmm. And I was following the stream along, and it was a really murky stream. And everyone had told me, you're absolutely bonkers. You're not going to see a platypus. They're really hard to spot. And I was like, I really want to see a platypus. So I was walking along this stream. It was really quiet. Rain, you can imagine, like falling on the leaves. Along this murky river, and I was like, yeah, everyone was right. I'm absolutely not going to see a platypus. You just wandered into the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but then, on the top of the water... I just saw something like pop up and pop back down and like we sat down really really quietly and just got really small to make sure we wouldn't disturb it and it was a tiny little platypus no I thought they, they were going to be huge like a dog size yeah they were maybe like 20 centimeters long like wow. smaller than a classroom ruler that's tiny and you could just see like its little webbed feet and it would come up and it would sort of look around and then it would like duck dive back down just like a duck yeah. throwing its bum oh, up yeah, in the yeah. air and then it would swim and then you could almost follow like the bubbles the ripples under the water and watch it come up in some other place it was really quite oh. magical there was no one else around it was this absolutely random place that i managed to hear about but it was quite cool little pop-up platypus pop-up platypus <laughs> oh that's amazing right well i know that our um, riverside radio guests are almost ready to join us in the studio they're going to be judging the game that we have up our sleeves but for now, let's hear some more music. Welcome back to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. You are listening to Rosie. and I've still got my guest here, Mike. I'm still here. You're still here. And now we are contestants because our judges have entered the room. We've got three amazing young people from our radio club. So I just want to say hi to you each. And first of all, get to know you. So first of all, um, hello to judge number one. What's your name? Hi, my name is Javari. I'm 15 and I'm in year 11. Okay, so we've got Javari, 15-year-old. Next up. Hi, I'm Amber. I'm 16. I'm in year 12. We've got Amber. And last but not least. Hi, I'm Omar. I'm I'm 15 and I'm in year 10. Amazing. Okay, excellent. I think you guys are going to be perfect judges for us. Now, I've asked you in the break to prepare each for us a random animal. You haven't told Mike or I what that animal is. And you're going to each tell us one by one and then Mike and I are going to buzz in Mike and I have buzzers this is what mine sounds like and Mike so we'll see who gets in first and then we'll each tell you our random animal fact and then you can award us points how does that sound judges pretty good you happy with that yes excellent okay so um judge number one Javari would you like to tell us your random animal hmm let's give you guys something Let's just give you guys something medium. Platypus. Platypus. Oh. Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. Rosie. <laughs> Do you know what? That's so bizarre because we were just talking about platypus, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, so platypus, my random animal fact, is that they are the only mammals that have venom. So they have in their legs, they've got like a little... Um, almost like a stinger. It's not quite a stinger. I don't know what the exact word is for it. But they can kind of attack something and inject venom into it. A bit like a bee sting, I guess we could compare it to. I don't think there are any other mammals that can do that. 
So that's my random animal fact. Mike? I don't think I can beat that. I forgot about that one. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, no. Uh, I'm going to go with they're the only mammal that lays eggs. So there we go. Judge Javari. What do you want to do with the points for that round? I'm so sorry, Mike, but Rosie's fact <laughs> outblew yours by like a mile. I'm so sorry. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, Rosie, five points. Thank you, Javari. Wow. And Mike, does he get any points? Um, three. Three points. Oh, oh nice. that's, that's quite good. That. Oh, that's quite good. Okay, thank you, Judge Number One. Let's go over to Judge Number Two. Amber, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you enjoying Radio Club so far? Um, it's really interesting. I'm getting to learn a lot of new things. How many weeks has it been? It's the second week now. Second week. Okay, still quite new. Okay, have you got your random animal ready for us? Yeah. And Mike, have you got your buzzer ready? Oh, I'm ready this time. I'm on it. <laughs> okay, Amber, over to you. Um, my random animal is a meerkat. I've got one! <laughs> I've got one! Uh, okay, so, uh, meerkats have a relationship with a bird, I can't remember what the bird's called, but it's like a crow, where uh, the bird acts as a sentry for the meerkats. So the meerkats will sit outside of their burrow, and you might have seen this, where they kind of sit up and they're looking around. So one meerkat, it's always their job to be a sentry, and they're looking for predators, okay? And if they see a predator, then they will tell the rest of the colony and in a second everyone will run into the colony and they'll hide. But they'll also communicate with this bird and if this bird sees something, the bird will tell them and if the meerkat sees something, the meerkat will tell the bird and they work together to look out for predators. That's pretty good, actually. Um, whilst you were speaking, I thought of another one. So meerkats eat scorpions. Do you know what the problem with eating scorpions is? What's wrong with, what's the dangerous part of a scorpion, any of you? The stinger. Yeah, they've got a stinger, right? So when meerkats have babies, they want to teach the babies how to kill the scorpion. But obviously it's dangerous because there's a stinger, right? So what the adult meerkats will do is find a scorpion, bite off its stinger, throw it away, and then give that scorpion that's still alive but just now doesn't have a stinger to the babies for them to almost practice hunting, but in a safe way. As safe as playing with a scorpion. <laughs> as safe as ever. Yeah, please don't play with scorpions. Still got pincers. <laughs> so I think, Mike, I think we both did quite well there. I think, I think you pulled it out the bag there. Um, so Amber, over to you. How do you want to award points, if any points? I mean, um, both facts were really good, but I'm going to have to go with Mike's. Oh. But I feel like you're going to get four points because it, if you knew the bird, it would have been That's fine. fair enough, yeah. I wish I'd remember that. I like that. Um, you, you deducted a point from Fool for not knowing the, uh, the bird's name. So Mike's getting four. Am I getting any? You can say um, no. I'm going to give you three points. Three for me. Nice. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Um, did any of you have your own meerkat facts up your sleeves or? No? Okie dokie. All right. Well, we've got judge number three. Omar, how are you, Omar? I am fine. How are you enjoying Radio Club? It's going really good so far. Oh, great. Okay, have you got a random animal fact in your up your sleeves for us? The random animal is a lion. A lion? Oh. My mind has gone blank. <laughs> well, then. Thanks, Omar. This is all I can think of, and it's going to be awful. Um, lions are obviously part of the cat family and they I'm stalling for time here, I'm really struggling. <laughs> they <Keep> stalling. Have <laughs> <laughs> you not got anything else? They, they are really fearsome predators. 
I can't, Omar, I've got nothing. You've stumped me on a lion. I've, I've kind of got one. I don't know how good it is, but we'll find out. We'll see how many points I get for this. So uh, lions live in packs, and those packs tend to consist of one adult male, and then the rest are females. And the adult male, a lot of people tend to think that they rule the pack and they lead it. But actually, it tends to be the females, because they do all the hunting, and they do all the looking after the young, and the male just lies around, waits for the food to come in, and then eats it. Oh, so we got lazy males and... Lazy males and very productive females in a lion society. That's pretty good. Actually, can I throw one in? Omar, am I allowed to throw one in or is it too late? Yes, you are allowed to throw one in, Wildy. <laughs> okay, thanks, Omar. I know that lions are nocturnal. Oh. They hunt in the dark. And in fact, if you're ever near Regent's Park, you can hear the lions at night from London Zoo roaring from quite a long distance away. So there we go. I don't think it's quite as good as what you had there, Mike, but um, Omar will be the judge of yeah, that. Yeah, we'll see. So what do you reckon, Omar? Okay, Mike can get five. Oh, wow. Yes. And Rosie, since you gave him two facts, four points. Oh. Thank you very much, Omar. Bumper pack of facts. I'm, I'm very pleased with that. So I can tell you that I'm going to do some quick maths. Oh, no, I'm not very good at maths. I've got 12 points so far. And Mike has also got 12 points so far. Interesting. Well, I'm going to say a big thank you to my three judges. Was that okay? Was it painful or you did all right? We did all right. You did all right. You're fantastic. Yeah, I think you all did amazingly. I can't wait to get you more on radio in the future. I think we're going to need to play another round, though, Mike. So we're going to find out some other judges. We're going to swap these guys over. I'd like to say a really big thank you to uh, Javari. Thank you for having me. Amber. Thank you. And Omar. Thank you for having me on the mic. Hello, welcome back to the Saturday Splash here on Riverside Radio. You are listening to Rosie and... Mike. Now, Mike, you and I have been playing a game so far. I've been trying. We've been trying. I think we've been doing it quite well. Yeah, we've got been doing too bad. 12 points each. Mm. But we've refreshed our judges in the studio. We've we now have. got three new judges. So, hello, judge number one. What's your name? My name is Junior. Hi, Junior. How old are you? Um, I'm 12 years old. You've got 12 years old. Who's judge number two? Tejan. And how old are you? 13 years old. 13. And judge number three? My name is Julian and I'm 15. Julian and you're 15. Right, so I've explained the game, but just as a reminder, each of you are going to tell us a random animal. Mike and I are going to buzz in. This is my buzzer. And this is mine. And then you're going to be awarding the points. Does that sound okay? Yeah. So you three are from our radio club and you're going to be on air loads over the next few weeks. So let's get stuck in. Judge number one, Junior, what is your random animal? My random animal is a panda. A panda. Oh, Mike. Oh, Mike. I don't know if this is going to be any good, but so everybody knows that pandas are herbivores, right? So they eat bamboo, which is not a great thing to eat because it doesn't give you a lot of energy. But there have been recordings, so I remember seeing nighttime video footage once of a panda eating another animal. <gasps> so they might actually be omnivores. What other animal? Uh, I'm not sure if they knew, and I can't remember but it was eating the body of some other animal in the middle of the night in the dark. The video's quite creepy as well because it's like uh, a night video so you can see the light gleaming out of its eyes. So it looks like its eyes are glowing. <laughs> it looks really weird. 
Cool. Okay, so I've got a panda fact. I don't think it's quite as good, but I think you all know you've got thumbs, right? Thumbs, we call them opposable thumbs. Other animals tend to not have thumbs like us. Some monkeys and apes do, but it's rare. Like, dogs and cats don't have opposable thumbs, right? But I think pandas... And I could be wrong on this, so I would need to check my facts. But I think pandas are one of few animals that have sort of human-like thumbs, and obviously that helps them to grasp, I thought, bamboo, but it turns out maybe other creatures as well. Maybe it's bones as well. Maybe it's bones. So there we go. I didn't know that. What what are you going to do with the points there, judge number one? I think the point goes to Mike. How many points are you going to give Mike out of five? Four. Four Four points for Mike. That's pretty good. And am I getting any points, or is it just Mike? You go two. Two. Oh. Wow, okay. I'm feeling... I'm happy with that. Oh, no surprise. <laughs> All right, so we've had pandas. Judge number two, Tejan, have you got your random animal fact ready? Yeah. Uh, it's a wood frog. A wood frog? A wood frog? Yeah. Ooh. A wood frog. Rosie. Okay, this might be a bit of a cop-out. But frogs... <laughs> In general. <laughs> We're just going to ignore the first part Ooh, of that animal the name. <laughs> word. There is a type of frog called a marsh frog, right? You've just changed the frog entirely. <laughs> well, we'll let the judge decide that, right? That the, the marsh frog is probably related in some way to the wood frog, so it's a cousin, right? Yeah. That yeah. can survive being frozen alive. So this frog could get like frozen like if it was really cold temperatures its whole body could freeze over it'd be almost like an ice cube but then when spring comes along and it starts to defrost it literally defrost it thaws out and it's still alive it's got things like antifreeze in its blood that stops it from dying and its metabolism just slows right down so i'm really hoping the judge will be generous and allow (laughs) that one but okay So I don't, unfortunately, I don't know a fact specifically about wood frogs, but I know a fact, I'm going to go a fact about frogs in general, that I'm going to say (laughs) the wood frog probably does this, but I don't know for certain. So frogs, similar to what you're talking about, Rosie, hibernation, right? In this country, when frogs hibernate, it gets cold. They want somewhere warm to go to. Okay, and they might choose a bunch of places. Uh, it might be a pile of leaves, it might be a log or something like that, somewhere they can keep warm. But another place they like to do it is actually, they might not leave the pond that they grew up in. They might go down to the bottom and underneath the soil and tuck themselves in and a little blanket made of soil and they'll, they'll just stay there for months and that's where they'll hibernate. So I'm gonna reckon that wood frogs probably do that as well. Tejan, what are you gonna make of that? Um wood frogs actually freeze themselves. <gasps> um, the point goes to Rosie. One point for me, or...? Out of five, how many are you going to give her? Five. Nice. <sighs> do, do I get any points, or...? Four. Oh, four! Oh, that's still oh, pretty that's generous. not bad at all. That's, that's very generous, bad, thank you very much. So, wood frogs are the type of frogs that freeze as well? Yeah. Oh. Do you like frogs, or do you just happen to know that? No, I just happen to know that. That is pretty impressive. <laughs> that's a good fact. That is a very good fact. Okay, well... It all comes down, really, to judge number three. So, hello again, judge number three. Hello. Hello. Remind us of your name and how old you are. I'm Julian, I'm 15. Okay, Julian, you might need to get a little bit closer to the mic there just so we can hear you. Lovely. Now, I'm just going to do some math. So, currently, Mike, you have got 12 plus 4, 16 plus 4. You've got 20 points. Nice. And I've got... I've got 19. Oh, all to play for. So, yeah, what's going to be our 
final round, Judge Julian. Hyena. 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 There is a group of people that live close to the area where hyenas are wild. And I've seen on a documentary, I'm not exactly sure where it is, but they actually invite the hyenas into their their local area. What? And there was an instance of like an individual, I think it was a man, becoming friends slightly with one of the hyenas. Right. And that's all I've got. That's kind of a bit of a ropey one. I don't know if I'm going to quite get any points for that. Man makes friends with hyenas. Yeah. I mean, that is quite crazy. I don't think I would want to do that. Um, Oh, that's a really tough one. Um, Okay, I'm going to go with... I don't think this is the best fact ever, because I think maybe everybody might know this, but hyenas are pack animals, so they work together in groups. Um, You'll never see them out on the run, or if you do, there's something probably gone seriously wrong. But because that they do that, they are able, in good numbers, to chase off larger predators like lions. So they can actually contest kills made by big, massive lions and chase them off, even though they might be less than half a quarter of their size. That's pretty good. All right, Judge Julian, what are you going to do with that? I'd say... Three points for Mike. Nice. And mm, two points for Mike. Oh. So that means, Mike, congratulations. Hey. You have won. I think, should we give him a round of applause? Well done. Thank well, you very much. Thank you to my three lovely judges. Thank you. Has it been okay this morning on the Saturday um, Splash? Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And um, let's hear some more music. Hello, welcome back to the Saturday Splash, where we are out of time. Mike, how fantastic were our uh, guest judges today? They were brilliant, absolutely amazing. Uh, Their animals really kept me on my toes. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was going to be a lot easier than it was. And it's only their second time really on radio. Yeah, they were brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Bright future ahead of all them. I want to say a huge thank you to you as well, Mike, for coming on and sharing your random animal knowledge with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. I've had a great time. Really enjoyed it. And excellent. Um, Thank you for everyone listening along. Of course, we will be back next Saturday where we'll be continuing to dive into nature here in southwest London and beyond. And here on Riverside Radio, we are going to be going live over to Wandsworth um, Southside Shopping Centre for our Christmas light switch on. It's going to be live from Southside. So if you're in the area, come down and say hi to us and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.